It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. What is going on, Schweg Nation? What is up? Uh, I am your host, like always, Sam Schwegler. Welcome to this episode of the Schwegcast. I'm glad you're listening. Glad you're listening to the show. It is a fun, fun episode today. Today, I got Jim Ivins of the Ivins, which is funny to say when you say it like that. It's just like saying the Sam Schwegler Project. Like, I'm Sam Schwegler of the Sam Schwegler Project. It's kind of a fun thing to say, like Jim Ivins of the Ivins. It's, it's another fun thing to say with the band, um... Uh, I have Jim in here, so we didn't get the full band in, but we did get Jim. Uh, we talked a lot. We talked about our favorite Disney Channel original movies. That's what we start off the episode with. And we also get into it, you know, about songwriting, and we talk about PBR. We have a good love for PBR. We even drink some in the episode. And so that is something that you are really excited to check out. And so you would not want to miss that. It's really fun, really fun episode. He's a really fun dude, really cool fun to talk to and stuff like that. And, uh, which is great. I would not want to miss this episode. So I would make sure to stay tuned and do not touch the dial. Do not touching the dial is like the most important thing as a listener of this podcast. Also, I am playing at Noble's Kitchen and Beer Hall for their, uh, who is he? Their Makers series, um, on, uh, April the 5th. Yep, I'm looking at my calendar correctly. It's April the 5th. You can come see me. I am playing some new songs uh, at that. Uh, if you want to catch more info on that, you can go ahead and follow me at Sam Schwegler on the Twitter, at the Instagram. You can even follow my personal page on Facebook. I really find that I do post a lot more updates on my music and what's going on in my life just from that personal page because I, I love it since they allowed that followers feature that I can actually do that. So if you're listening, go follow me everywhere. I'm not on Snapchat because Rihanna told me not to, so I stopped being on Snapchat like a year and a half ago. So can't find me on Snapchat, but you can find me on Instagram, the Twitter. I'm actually on Vero. That's really funny. I am on Vero. Go check that out. Go check out more shows at shwaymedia.com, the the new old network that we're on. So it'd be really cool. Go check that out and have some fun. Uh, in the episode, I actually do talk with Jim a lot about Lyft. He actually drove for Lyft a little bit when he moved here. And funny enough, they're also a sponsor for today's show. The free Lyft app gets users to ride into minutes on demand for less than the cost of a cab, whether it's for a fun night out at the bars or to avoid paying for parking at that next concert you go to, Lyft has you covered. You can use promo code SHWEGCAST when signing up and you get a $15 ride credit towards your first ride. So... I, I do want to say this. Um, I have my friend Jeremy coming into town tomorrow uh, as we speak for this episode, and uh, he said he wanted to go downtown. So hopefully uh, no one catches me that I know downtown Nashville, but uh, Jeremy's going to be there, and I live perfect distance to take a lift. I always decide if I'm going to not dr drink and drive, which is always, I never decide to drink and drive. I always choose to ride with Lyft. It's a product that I use personally, and I can personally vouch for how great they are and how great a service. I've never had a weird driver. I've never had a bad driver because Lyft drivers are actually always happy because driving for Lyft means you're satisfied by Lyft, the company. So use that promo code SHWEGCAST and you get that $15 ride credit off your first ride. So SHWEGCAST is that code. Also want to talk about a newer sponsor we have for the show. That is Skillshare. Uh, 
Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, design, ooh, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join with millions of other people to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and even discover new opportunities for yourself. Skillshare has a simple purpose, to give you the skills and expertise needed to succeed. Literally, you know, I learned so much. Last week we were talking about, or the last episode, we're talking about catfishing. Now, I didn't actually look up catfishing, but I do know so much for advertising, which I really need to focus on when I, you know, in just in my work in general. Uh, Skillshare has me covered there. Um, anything I want to learn, you get that first three months for 99 cents by using the link in the description of this episode. That's 99 cents for three months of basically quality, quality learning classes learning classes. Yeah, the classes that you actually learn from and you can get a lot out of it just for 99 cents. So use the link in the description. That's the only way you can get that 99 cents for three months. Uh, fantastic deal. And so you're gonna, not going to miss that. And uh, in the meantime, let's get on with the show. Uh, I've been rambling a lot. And so we're going to on that with Jim Ivan of the Ivans. And so stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. And in the meantime, stay awesome. keep it there for like if you like with the joke is like become the meme or the meme becomes you yes yeah or something like that you ever see that disney movie meet the deedles like back in the night how old are you uh, i'm 24 uh that might have been a little before your time see i'm 29 okay uh there was a movie called meet the deedles i don't remember much about it but i remember these like surfer guys and they had very hair that was very similar okay. to yours obviously this will mean nothing was it to like a disney original but- movie I d- channel no, originally? it was not a Disney Channel original movie, I don't think. Mm. Uh, but it was like a Disney movie back in the 90s, but your hair is very okay. reminiscent yeah. of that. But no, the Johnny Bravo thing, man, like, mm. do the monkey with me. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, anyone who has, like, tall hair and it's mm-hmm. just like that. So actually, fun fact, Johnny Bravo is actually really popular in India. Really? So yeah. So if you go to India, you like see a lot of people with like Johnny Bravo hair. That's funny, man. Like they did like a com- they I did would not a- think that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't. They have like a spe- Johnny Bravo special that's like only it was like it was never made in English. It was only mm-hmm. made in like uh, Hindu, I believe. It's like <laughs> the right language. Yeah, I, I, I'm not culturally sensitive enough yeah, to comment on that. I, I don't want to say. <laughs> the wrong like, thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember that. I saw that. I was like, oh, and they like never made an English version of it. Yeah, just because it's so popular in India. Okay. Just useless trivia, I know. Hey, man, that's my brain is full of that, dude. I feel you. Like, no. I think like going back to like those Disney Channel original movies. Like, my brain is like stupidly full of those. Yeah, man, Brink and Johnny Tsunami mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, fucking um, can I curse on here? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, Jet Jackson, the movie, mm-hmm. love that. Uh, I'm trying, I'm, now I'm just trying to see how many I can remember. Yeah, um, uh, Smart Alley, House. Cat, Alley Cat Strike. Ooh. Oh, Smart House. Smart nice House. One. That was a good one. Xenon and Xenon the Zequel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, oh, God. Uh, 
That, I've never seen one of those, like, you know, you see, like, bars do, like, trivia nights, and it's always, like, yeah. The Office. They never do, like, Disney Channel original movies. Dude, I feel like our generation would, like, crush that. Yeah, and, like, because some of those movies actually hold up pretty well. Like I, I couldn't I couldn't answer that. I have not seen a <laughs> Disney Channel original movie in, like, 15 years, but, like... But according that, to, like, my memory, I think yeah. they held up pretty well. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't, like, you don't, like, watch it, and it wasn't, like, oh, this is kind of dumb. Like, oh, Halloween Town. That's a good one. Yes, Halloween Town. Halloween I, definitely, Town. I definitely remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, I love, there's, there's one person I know, and she was, she, what she told me was, um, she's, like, I don't like any movies. The only t- movie I like <laughs> is Halloween Town 2. What? <laughs> Something said like, no one. I know. Like, mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. movie I like is Halloween Town? <laughs> Halloween Town 2. Halloween Cal- Town 2, I'm sorry. Calabar's Revenge. I didn't even know there was a second Halloween There's town. There's three of them. The third one what? is not good. The second one really does a good job building off the first one. Oh, man. Uh, my, then, my Disney Channel knowledge is failing me right now. But, I didn't yeah, know about the Halloween Towns franchise. It's, like, so, it's so weird because it's not like a movie you owned. So, like, no. you never really had... Well, now you can probably watch it whenever yeah, you want. Yeah. But, like, back in the day, you didn't really have a choice of, like, when you got to watch it. It was just like, this is on Disney Channel tonight. This is when I'm watching it. Yeah, exactly. And then I think at the end of that era was High School Musical. Yes. I want to say that because High School Musical um, kind of created like this whole big thing out of it Mm -hmm. where I don't think it was as huge as it was. Yeah. No one like talked about it outside of. Yeah. No, no. High School Musical. That was a zeitgeist moment Mm -hmm. right there. That was that was something that, you know, Xenon the sequel could never achieve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I think it just blew up so fast that. But true uh, confessions. There's another one. Oh yeah! Wasn't the one where Shia, Shia LaBeouf had like a learning disability or something? <laughs> yes. Like obscure. It was true confessions with just TRU, right? Yeah. Okay, oh yeah. Sorry. Her little brother <laughs> was her little brother was Shia. I like totally forgot about that movie. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Shia yeah. LaBeouf is is Shia LaBeouf because of the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Even Stevens. You forget. You forget a lot of things about. There's Shia LaBeouf Disney Channel days, which oh, yeah. no one seems to think about anymore. Yeah. Nobody. Then nobody there's thinks about Transformer that. Shia LaBeouf, which is like. The height of his power. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Indiana Jones. And then after that, I think it just went downhill and uphill well, at the same be- time. I, think, I feel like he just became like a pop culture meme at that mm-hmm. point. You be- uh, become the meme. Yeah, because it was like everyone just like wanted him to like do outrageous shit. And then like mm-hmm. he'd like have a meltdown and do something outrageous mm-hmm. and then kind of lean into it. Like there was that thing where what, what was that? Remember the thing he like. He screened all of his movies in a row <laughs> yeah. and he webcast his reactions. Mm-hmm. So he just had a camera on him the whole time while he watched it. <laughs> I just remember like, I just remember the gift at the end. He's just like stands up clapping. Yes. Like with like a couple tears in his oh, eyes, yeah. no. which I've never wanted to cry during a Shia LaBeouf movie, <laughs> which is just, uh, just been out of the question for me to be yeah. honest. But yeah, a lot of Disney channel that stuff. You you just think about it and you're just like, man, there's a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so much. And it's like, no, because you like, I feel like back in the day, no one ever really talked about it. Lucky the Irish. That was a Lucky good one. Lucky the Irish. That yes, was a good dude. one. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucky the Irish. I think that was one of the one of the best basketball movies of all time. Yes. Oh, um, I got an old school one. My date with the president's daughter. Oh my god, that with the guy from Boy Meets World. Yeah, Eric Matthews. Yes. The okay, good, there was good looking detective. There's one Eric with Matthews. Justin Timberlake in, and I swear. A Justin Timberlake Disney Channel movie? Yeah, he was in one of them. No shit, that's yeah, gonna bother me. I think me. he was in. So let's. By the way, yeah, the it's gonna be me doll. Mm-hmm. Like, where I, I need to know okay. everything about it. So I just um, when, 
I, I'm sorry. I, maybe I haven't listened to enough episodes of your show to know. Oh, Does everybody talk about that? No, no one ever talks about. It. Funny really? Enough, That's yeah. like the first thing I noticed when I came in here. I was like, okay, do I say something about the it's gonna oh, be yeah, me? Oh totally. like, you, you can question anything in here. Okay, um, I gotta know everything. So about that. I just I, I'm, I love NSYNC. So uh, absolutely, NSYNC so, over Backstreet. I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta stay true. Okay, cool, cool. We can be friends. Yeah. So um, I've always like one. I think there was a couple years ago I like really wanted one of those. Yeah. And then like I just you know I never could find it. And then it turns out the resale value on those things are not very high even like really? in the box yeah and so i'm i think i'm gonna make it a goal to get all five of them yeah because you can get them in the box like and they're not that bad, like eight bucks a, okay so like almost like the same price it was when it was in stores yeah walmart so yeah my goal is to get just keep them all in the box and then i need to get a good shelf for it it's just on a panel right yeah. now it's funny um i mean me and my friends still like talk about that stuff all the time like it was funny mm-hmm. like last weekend i want to say like mm-hmm. one of my friends texted me at like 12 30 at night he was like dude <laughs> have you listened to in sync i want you back recently that song goes hard dude <laughs> I was yeah. Like, yeah it does man like it's so good mm-hmm. oh dude like um mm-hmm. you could just like get their greatest hits album and yeah. like just bang to that yeah or not bang to that yeah actually yeah you could bang to I that mean, you could you, you gotta could find bang. a special type of <laughs> do person you have, do you to, want to want to do that personal question do you have like a banging playlist no, I, okay. I get distracted. I I, <laughs> I, 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 without going into too much. No, 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 for like the, no, for, no short answer. There for whenever go. it happens, like I have yeah. one starts off with R. Kelly's "Bump and Grind." I feel, I feel like that's such that's such like a cliche. Like, I know, you, I know. you start with um, R. Kelly and fucking let me, uh, let me genuine pony and yeah, you know, it too. yeah. You gotta put you gotta put all. There's some classics you gotta put on. Then there's some originals. I mean, I'm all. I'm sorry. What? Like some not orig- my originals, but okay, like, I was say, like no, I unique, can't do that. <laughs> unique. You have to put your own originals. On. I remember. I remember one time, a friend of mine. They, they weren't having sex, but he was, you know making out with this girl and he had his like iPhone on shuffle and you know, we, we mm-hmm. both played in each other's bands and, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he said his phone's on shuffle and all of a sudden my voice starts playing. He's like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like I had to switch off. <laughs> well, I was, and a- that, ha- that happened to me as well. Like I think with him, in fact, if not him, then definitely like, I remember there was like a band that we used to play with like a long time, like back in the day. And like the, the guy, this guy I got to know, like it, like he comes on. I'm like, no, no, th- this is this is one reason why I can't have music on because <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. like people I know's voices start happening. That's like, why. Nah, that's nah. why I do. Um, let's see. I have some classics. Um, I'll make love to you, boys to men. That's like a. <laughs> my my goal is like. I mean, if you want to go full Tom Haverford, it's got to be on bended knee, boys to men. <laughs> oh, to Parks and Rec. Yeah, but uh, was why it? else would boys to men on bended knee be playing right now? <laughs> He was like, I was sitting out in the rain for two hours. Now I got the sniffles. <laughs> um, was it? Yeah, I have a lot of yeah, a lot of them are just like random R and B stuff. Um, See, I just listen to that '90s R and B like regularly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, but uh, be, yeah, with stuff like that, you kind of have to be careful because, especially, you don't have like some streaming service you don't have like a premium account to. Yeah. Like, the next thirty minutes of ad free thanks to the following sponsors. Oh, this is like he's like. Are you new to Pandora? Try yeah. out our many radios. I'm like, just kill the mood immediately. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, I made I made some rules. I actually made some rules. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to tell you this, <laughs> but I made some rules in mm-hmm. my apartment. So the first rule is if like sex is going to happen on my furniture, I'm going to be involved. <laughs> like a solid, it's a solid case. It's like, a solid rule to have. I mean, sometimes it's out of your control. You know, if uh, you know you're having you're having a party or something. Yeah. Or you know, 
your boy who's like staying with you for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like he's got the opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah, so occasionally, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm no, be I mean, it's, a, it's a good rule of thumb to have. Yeah. I mean, let's just put it that way. And uh, my second rule is if she's crying, it's, it's, it's over. Like, <laughs> that's just a, I think that's just a general rule for life. Not just in like an apartment rule. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just good. like, well, um, so yeah. ladies, if you really want to get out of sex with a guy, just start crying. Just like, act like you're about to get a speeding ticket. Yeah, just just start crying. Just, we're getting woke on this on the show right now. Yeah, so, so ladies, woke. how to how yeah. to get out of a guy situation you don't want to be in with a guy? Just uh, start crying. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, I guess just guys don't know <laughs> yeah. how to process girls crying no. most of the time. It's no. just like, uh, I guess it's like a body language, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, but <laughs> most guys are idiots and they can't, yeah, they can't get the body language, and that's you know. <laughs> why you know every girlfriend you know has a million you know i was in this bar and this guy wouldn't leave me alone or like mm-hmm. you know this guy kept trying to do the sneak attack on the dance floor you know uh-huh. come up right behind you and you know just like the, most dudes are idiots they just don't they don't get the they don't get the cues mm-hmm. you know? i made a rule this is just a rule for me with dating are you are you single dating or? no no I have, a, I have a girlfriend okay so i well i'm dating and so i have a rule i'm just like i'm never gonna ask for a girl's number anymore i'm just gonna give them my number and if they they want to text me back they can just like leave it in there bold strategy give give them the power there you go. which which probably some girls are like oh, i want a man who's assertive i'm like no girl guys don't like it girls don't like when guys ask for their number all the time it's just like no the move is you know in case you forget you've forgotten what their name is you know you're about to exchange numbers you just hand them your phone yeah oh yeah <laughs> i've done that trick my, my best one was there was a girl her name was really hard to pronounce and so i was just like okay um could you just write it out for me and i just brought out my phone put in the contacts yeah, and, then, and then she's like well, well since i'm here i'll just put my number in i was like yeah, that like, was probably the smoothest like, i've ever been I'm not talking i haven't talked to her since right. but <laughs> but you know it was Sometimes it's just the story. It's not right. the destination. It's, that's very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. It's all about the story. Do you watch How I Met Your Mother? Have you watched that? You know, I have tried to like How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. and all of my friends like it, and they're mm-hmm. all like, Jim, like, you would love How I Met Your Mother. And so there have been, there've been a solid, like, seven or eight times where I've been sat down mm-hmm. with friends being like, all right, you got to watch How I Met Your Mother. Let's watch this episode. And every time it's, all right, so maybe this was the wrong one, but like here, let's let, let watch this other one, and then like that always happened, and I'm just like, guys, I, I just don't think it's gonna happen. It's one of those shows. I feel like it's always. Did you ever watch the first episode? The very first one. Yeah. So eventually, like uh, the, the friends who I have, who I know that really want me to like the show, eventually that's where they landed. They're like, no, now you just have to start at the beginning. Like, yeah. you know, okay, maybe we showed you the wrong episodes, but now like just watch it from the beginning. And I haven't done it yet. Because uh, I was like it, because I feel like they're very big season arcs. Mm-hmm. So it always makes more sense to me to start like in a season, right. unless you've already seen every episode. Yeah. It's not like, and there's some shows like The Office, Parks and Rec, like you can mm-hmm. just start anywhere. And yeah be yeah. good like there's a cohesive story but like it doesn't really matter to because each episode has its own individual topic yeah for sure besides like leslie running for a uh, city council that's I mean, a that's, big arc that's late era parks and rec anyway where mm-hmm. i stopped i the ep- the seasons start to get a little fuzzy at like season five six seven yeah like, but i mean most shows are like that though i mean mm-hmm. like the reason you know seinfeld and friends are seinfeld and friends is because mm-hmm. like 
no show can make like i mean how many times have you heard people say like oh man i love this show just only watch the first like two or three seasons and then don't worry about the rest it's because like it's impossible to yeah. like maintain a certain level of quality for a mm-hmm. while there's, there's like a i feel like there's a bump like it moves up and then it's just like steady It'll and plateau. then it goes down mm-hmm. a little bit and then if they're good enough they'll, they'll make that last season really good yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's always like the i always think most shows the worst season is like the season before the last season. So, yeah. So, I think How I Met Your Mother, I think eight's my least favorite season, mm-hmm. but then nine, actually, the ending kind of annoyed me. But we're <laughs> not going to talk about that since you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, that's that's for another. That's why, like, I, I know you did an office episode last time. Yeah. But I, like, we, we I just... do. Uh, I, I remember thinking that, like, the first, like, six episodes of season eight are just like bangers like front to back they're just like so good and then it's like the season just ran out of gas yeah it was um i'm trying to figure out where i think when nelly i think i think when they decided to go to florida yeah think but even so the prank that jim pulls on dwight with uh with the blood and, mm-hmm. like it was dwight like you know and then and stanley <laughs> being upset that he has to leave florida there, it's like there'll there be little like yeah. things sprinkled in that were good but like in terms of like solid like episodes oh like, like when uh jim tries to think he uh pam thinks jim's attracted to kathy and yeah. so they go to like the like just some pharmacy to do like a blood pressure test and he's like oh, oh stop being oh stop touching me oh stop grabbing my penis gosh yeah grow up yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, it'll have like the little sprinkles, but then yeah. overall. But I feel like a lot, I feel like a lot of shows are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's one moment I think uh, they're at the it's the dinner party, season eight. Um, at is that the Dwight's. one? With, is that the one where wait, the one with the with the, with the pool? At no, Andy, with Aaron, Andy's parents. Oh, the garden party. Yeah, garden I lo- party. Okay, I love the garden. Party. I just love, love the garden party. One moment I don't think anyone talks about enough, and there hasn't been a gif or a pic, a meme made of it. It's uh, Kelly's like, "I'm cold," and then Ryan's just like, "Well, I told you, you should have wore a jacket." <laughs> I love that. Love which, that. which, uh, my favorite that seventy show moment. It was just like, it's like, man. Eric, I'm cold. Do you watch that 70s show? What's funny is that 70s show reruns. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I work at a bar yeah. and, uh, we, you know, we open or I have to be there at 10 and then, you know, we open at 11 and that 70s show reruns for like the first couple hours of every day I'm there. So yeah. I see it with closed captions on all the time. Oh yeah. Like, and, and I'd, and I'd seen that 70s show sparingly, like while it was on and, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not an enthusiast mm-hmm. like I would say I am about, you know, like Arrested Development, The Office, and, Parks and Rec, and, you know, Seinfeld and all that, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Well, it was like there's a scene where, like, Donna's like, Eric, I'm cold. Well, here, Donna, take my jacket. Yeah. And Jackie's like, Michael, I'm cold, too. And then Michael's just like, damn, Jackie, you can't control the weather. <laughs> Which is, like, by far, like, the best scene in the entire show. And they're married now. Oh, yeah, they, they got married in real life. Yeah, they got married in real life. They like, as, as people, they're really good people. Yeah. Like, like, especially what Ashton <laughs> Kutcher's doing. the weather. Dave Jackie can't control the weather. That's funny. It's I so like funny. That. Like it's so funny because like the characters Ashton Kutcher used to play, yeah. and you're just like no woman should ever be with him. And then like him now, like yeah. he's like a really good. He's person. like a philanthropist and mm-hmm. a, like an entrepreneur. And, he's fighting sex know, trafficking. Yeah, so I'm like, like, and he's a really cool dude. Like, yeah, he's 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 a good guy. You can't really can't really. The Mila Kunis that. just like doesn't get out in public a lot, and she's in Family Guy. She's on. Uh, she does those Jack Daniels commercials, oh, right? Y- no, Jim Beam. Jim Beam. Yes. It's still good. It's Kentucky over. Yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. It's like trying to decide between. Ah, oh, I could drink Jim Beam. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm, 
I mix with everything that Honestly, I'm, okay, I'm you're drinking. at that so point like, in life you could, too. You could, I couldn't possibly tell you the difference, which may be blasphemous to some people, but like I can tell there's like a little difference, but I'm not gonna like choose one over the other. Yeah. Maybe if it's gonna be mixed with Coke, it's probably gonna be Jack. Yeah. Actually, that's the state uh, of Tennessee. That's like the state drink. See, I I, I just like you know, Jack and Cokes for me, or you know Lemmy from Motorhead. You know that's 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 it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think about the Tennessee connection. Yeah, I suppose I should since you know I live here now. Yeah, I was thinking. So. I was, I'm always thinking like, was it? Because uh, I watched some video like every state's uh, favorite drink of choice. Mm-hmm. And like, I've lived in three states: Kansas, Missouri, and then Tennessee. Tennessee, three states. Nice. So three staters: Virginia, New York, and Tennessee. Nice. Except I think yours are a little bit better than mine. <laughs> but like Kansas is like this random mixed drink from KU. Uh, and the Missouri's is Bud Light. Like that's the BL smoothies, man. The, Hell yeah. You, I feel like, okay, so I want to talk about this. There's like an unspoken rivalry between like PBR and Bud Light. No, there isn't. Okay, that's is what there? I feel. No. I feel like that's me, but I'm a PBR well, fan. Well, yeah. So I went to Virginia Commonwealth University mm-hmm. in uh, Richmond, Virginia, okay. where in Richmond, Virginia, PBR is, you know, like water. Like, you know, I grew up playing in punk rock clubs and yeah. you know, like for a while that was like the only beer I knew of because mm-hmm. that would be like the only beer that they served. And yeah. like, you know, at every party of VCU was just like all mm-hmm. PBR. And so it was kind of like I went into college not liking PBR and I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to like it at some point mm-hmm. because this that's what's here. And uh, and I, I love it. Oh, yeah, People's Beer of Richmond is what it's called back home. The beer my college was uh, Natty Light, which is like oh, it's kinda, Friday Light, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a standard. I know it's like it's yeah, it's such a like college beer. Yeah, it's like was it twelve bucks for like eighty? Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll still have some from time to time. I don't mind I'll, it. Yeah, but I work I work at a craft beer bar where you know everyone looks down upon me. For oh, that, yeah. But I'm just like, nah, man, come on. There's like, a difference between like you know you have your like PBRs and your Bud Lights, and then you have like your nice craft beers because like yeah. the craft beers is like you just want to have one and you want to really enjoy it. Where like your PBRs and Bud Lights, it's like, oh, I want to drink a lot of this and I'm going to go to a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I call them like show beers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, it's not like really piss water beer, but it's actually, but it's not like a craft. Yeah. No, I'll go to, I'll go to shows and just be like, yep, yeah, all right. I'm having like six Bud Lights tonight. I know. It's like, like you, you don't, you don't want a craft beer when you go to like a no. show. Like I've never, like the last thing I want is, you know, a New Holland Dragon's Milk, you know, when I'm <laughs> going to a fucking, you know, rock show. Yeah. Like, not going to happen. It's like, just like, it's like nice and warm and yeah. <laughs> you're just like, you should take a sip of this. Yeah, this is real beer. Full stout is really going to get me into this show. <laughs> Which I've actually saw something. It was like with uh, like beer tasting and wine, wine tasting, especially it's like your palate doesn't mean shit to anything yeah like it's like if you like it drink it yeah which like when people because i i got a degree in audio so everyone's okay. like what what speakers should i get i'm like honestly if you're not gonna mix with them like j- if they sound good to you get them like, yeah like literally yeah, sure. that's i mean if they're just gonna be listening for enjoyment yeah. like i can tell you like some things like was like the new apple air home or whatever it's mm-hmm. called oh yeah, yeah. it's like it's four inch sub so it's like so it's not gonna get the base it promises mm-hmm. just because of physics Besides that, it's probably a good speaker. Right. But, uh, yeah, I know. But, uh, but yeah, so, like, palettes are just shit. I agree. So, yeah. So, if you like something, so just drink everything. it. There you go. Don't, don't, no, don't give a shit what anyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially wine. I'm like, do you drink wine? or? I you- love wine. However, like, <laughs> I'm so, like trashy about it like i'll drink a two dollar bottle of wine for yeah. and have absolutely no problem with it where some yeah. people are like, like how can you drink that and say you like wine i'm just like look if you put it in front of me like mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna drink it so yeah there's i think there's a rule there's a kind of a guy thing it's like because girls are more into wine and guys are more into beer it's just yeah. kind of common but you can be whatever you want guys we're woke yeah. 
Um, but uh, I feel like it's a guy's thing because guys will just drink wine with a girl, girlfriends or whatever. Just like just drink whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like honestly, yeah, I don't have a, I don't I have mean, a preference for wine. Boxes are like me and my girlfriends. Yeah. Thing. I mean, like for it's a bang for your buck, and it's you know it's a step above slap in the bag with mm-hmm. Franzia. So <laughs> you know you can feel you can feel a little classier, especially in the packaging. You mm-hmm. know, makes it makes it feel a little mm-hmm. classier. I know. I feel like actually. So how much I. I haven't partied. I didn't party too much in college, mm-hmm. but I never got to do slap the bag or a beer bong. I feel like <laughs> it's okay. It's like the <laughs> one thing I missed in college. I, I mean, f- I didn't do a keg stand until the night I graduated. But I'm also like a pretty big guy, so like, yeah. I, so I figured it out at the time. I was like, oh man, it takes like three people to like get to like get me to do this. Mm-hmm. So you have like a pretty uh, heavy. Uh, what's it called? Uh, takes you a while to get drunk. No, actually, really? okay. uh, for for a, a guy who's six foot four, like I'm a pr- like the cheapest date you'll ever meet. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I have, I'm like, okay. Like, but I take like meds too. So like, if so you, you got to watch it, so but, it's yeah. like what I like, I've learned. It's like, it'll just make you drunk faster. So your limits a lot less, but yeah. it's like, as long as you're smart with it, it's not too bad. Yeah. But like, I can still drink a decent amount, but I'll get drunk really fast. Yeah. So it's that weird uh, combination. So I could just be a full blown alcoholic. Could be a one or two. I've I've thought that about myself at various mm-hmm. times. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not a sad or angry drunk person, so I don't care. Yeah, like, my, yeah. If was I was it, a bummer, then like, yeah, okay, maybe maybe this would, I'd have to investigate it. Like, but like, I'm a pretty goofy, lighthearted drunk mm-hmm. guy, so I'm like, I don't. I don't it's like with with alcohol. It's like if you're not hurting people. And or like especially women, yeah, or guys. But yeah. this is a guy thing. And you're not driving. It's like you got to meet. You don't need an intervention. You just got to meet them somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like there's a. It's just like this kind of rule. It's like because like the biggest thing with alcoholics and especially why they like uh, prohibition happened in the 20s was because like men would like drink a lot and it wasn't very like like regulated yeah. and then they just go home and beat their wives and so that's why they're like Ugh. wanted to like move <laughs> forward with it and then now they're like they regulate it and then like. And then it's like, you know, they're very strict on DUIs. I'm like, I've never met, I haven't known a lot of people who like, or who like will drink a lot and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to drive. And most people, yeah. smart people. Yeah. Except for my friend, Jeremy. Who- well, well, I mean, I also feel like now with like Uber and Lyft, like mm-hmm. I feel, I feel, I, I want to believe that the number of like drunk driving arrests and drunk driving mm-hmm. accidents has dramatically gone down. Like mm-hmm. I'd like to think that that's yeah. what it is. And I mean, I know, especially for. For me, like I'm just like, well, all right, I'll just leave my car here and take a lift, like yeah. whatever. Like I always like to figure. I like to the my favorite strategy is to figure out a way to get where you're going mm-hmm. without having to drive there or yeah. taking a lift. That way, you just have to take a lift back, and it's like yeah, exactly. And it's like the perfect. So you only had to pay for a one way ride. Yeah. So that's like my show sponsored by Lyft. So we have to say uh, Lyft. We can't say Uber. Well, so. I mean, I, I actually this is not just cater. This is not just pandering. Mm-hmm. I have not taken an Uber since fall 2016 like I, yeah. I became team lift mm-hmm. like, team lift is great yeah. and i'm not just saying that because they sponsor the show <laughs> uh but they're, they're actually it's good i like to get sponsors who i actually like yeah. so no actually, actually which, I, I i love lift yeah lift is yeah. lift is great and like <laughs> they actually put tipping in before um yeah the tipping was like a thing yeah so which is like smart because like you don't want to have to like hope and like okay yeah, uber kept trying to catch and i know this because i actually was an uber driver for a brief amount of time mm-hmm. and i know that like lyft had instant pay first and lyft had tipping first and then uber mm-hmm. added both of those yeah because because again it's like for for like drivers and stuff like instant pay was like game changer because mm-hmm. 
when I was back in Virginia, I found myself uh, fun employed for a little while, and so <laughs> so I uh, had an Uber drive, and then you know just you know like like a normal job, you know you got to wait like a week to get anything. But then I moved here, and I did it for like the first two months that I mm-hmm. lived here, uh, including like the first month I like worked at the bar. Yeah. But then like kind of gonna do instant pay. I was like, oh, I'll just like go out and drive for a couple hours, and I'll instant pay, and then I'll like go out, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, it's definitely – it's nice to know it's, like, worst-case scenario. Yeah. Just start driving for a lift. Yeah. And it's, like, it's not a bad job. Like, no one thinks, like, lower of you for driving yeah. a lift. You're just, like, oh, you're just making some – because, like, well, most lift drivers aren't doing, like, lift full-time. They're just, like, yeah, exactly. either between jobs or trying to make some extra money, paying off some debt. Yeah. So I, had, I had a guy uh, fairly recently who was, like, yeah, I retired. Like, I'm only, like, 60 – he was, like, 63 or something, but he was, like mm-hmm. – uh, I made like a fuck ton of money on real estate here because like I could just see that Nashville was going to explode, and mm-hmm. so like I invested in like Germantown, God, that's and it's like I like got like ten million dollars and just like retired, and mm-hmm. now he was like, and I've been retired for like two months, and I'm bored as hell, so I'm doing lifts. <laughs> that's what I imagine. Like that's why I can't like see myself like retiring. Yeah, it's like I like I'll get bored really quick. Yeah, because even like when I get like a month off somehow, like after that month is like okay, I I need to do something. Yeah, even if it's like something I don't like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. Mm. But uh, but yeah, well, yeah, lift is lift is pretty great. Love it. Never got my kidney stolen in a lift, so hey, that's which is always a perk I like. Do you, I always do, I always do this re- really random thing where I like take a screenshot of like the person who's picking me up. Oh yeah, but like I'm never. I mean, like I've never had. In a case problem. you're about to get murdered, and you can mass text it to your friends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know why it's a weird thing. I'm like I've never had a problem with it, and like yeah. obviously lift would probably be pretty on top of. Yeah, I would if think they're so. one of their drivers is a serial killer. Yeah, like I'm assuming, like if they did police reports, they're like, okay, this guy he got a lift, and okay, let's figure out who that driver is. Hey, we have some questions for you. Well, the the only thing that's tricky about like Uber mm-hmm. and Lyft is that you know they have no liability because no no one's actually an employee. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all you're all in. You're everyone's an independent contractor, and you know, they yeah, have, and they have no overhead because you know they're not their cars, they're not their drivers. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's. That's it, that's why it's genius. Yeah, it's, it is a genius. <laughs> I just I just love the idea of the first person to invent ride sharing because yeah. you know it was just like some guy who got really pissed off at a taxi driver. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you think about it. I mean, it takes it takes everything that people don't like about taxis and mm-hmm. just strips it away. I like my most favorite thing is just like the whole idea of like I don't have to get money out and pay you. Yes, that's, that's like my favorite thing. Easily, like, the best pick thing. up, leave. Yeah. Because that, that would be, like, what worried me about being a taxi driver is just people just, like, get out and leave without paying. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, you know, I, I lived in New York City for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, thankfully, all the taxis do have the credit card swipe. So, like, mm-hmm. so that, that was nice. But but even then, you know, like, I, in a lift, you don't even have to take your credit card out. Yeah. Like, I just – I love the laziness. And then once you the ride's done, you tip them and then yeah. you're good. Especially with, like, you know, you got a Postmates and stuff like that, too. Oh, yeah. It's like I don't want to have to, like, give my money out and then I have to, like, sign – I don't even – I like to pay online and then you're like, oh, we need you to sign this. I'm like, oh. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> I mean, it's just feeding into everyone's mm-hmm. collective laziness. You know, mm-hmm. no one wants to do anything. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's always great. So it's always great to know, like, for everyone, like, if you're gonna, if you lose your job, you have Lyft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, mm-hmm. it was godsend for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very yeah. happy about that. So we're gonna take a break, and um, so and then we're gonna listen to. I think we're gonna listen to one of your guys' songs. Sure. I don't think I've told you that yet. That's okay. But uh, yeah, we're gonna listen to that, and when we come back, we're gonna. Uh, talk some more about your music more in depth. Cool. So don't touch that dial, anyone. You were meant 
Cast. And so, uh, so we're back. Okay. So I want to talk to you more about, you know, your roots. So sure. you, so you see, we were third, three city years mm-hmm. or three staters. Three staters. I'm four, yeah. I'm four cities, but yeah. three states. But, uh, so where were you originally? Where were you first? Where was uh, from Richmond, Virginia? Okay. And so you grew up there and then. So I grew up there, uh, went to college there mm-hmm. and then I moved to New York city after college. Mm-hmm. Lived there for two years, and then uh, we met a guy who became our manager, and you know told us that we were about to be the biggest band in the world, and you know <laughs> promised us you know all these things, and you know, his first order of business was you got to get out of New York, uh, let's mm-hmm. break you out of Virginia, and I'd already been th- I'd already been thinking of leaving, uh, not because I necessarily wanted to, but because mm-hmm. you know New York can be very suffocating mm-hmm. if like you don't have any money. And, uh, and yeah. all your, and all your friends are like crushing it, like in their jobs and like, you're just like broke all the time. And so like, I'd kind of just like reached an impasse and I was like, I think I have to leave. Like, I really yeah. don't want to, but like, I think I got to go. But then, you know, we met this guy and I was like, oh, well, you know, if he says I should, I should stay, then I guess I will. And I'll back mm-hmm. out of, you know, what I got going on in Virginia. 
but he was like, no, 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 you got, got to move back, got to move back to Virginia. So then I moved back to Virginia <laughs> for, uh, for two years. And then, uh, then I moved here a year and a half ago. Nice. I think, yeah. Uh, summer 16, summer 16. Yeah. Man, we moved here at the same time. Right on, man. August. Feel, feel like there's, um, feel like with New York though, it's like, if you're killing it, like if you're doing really well, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, like living there, I was like, okay, I understand why Puff Daddy likes it here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, like, yeah. I, I get all the reasons that like rich people love living here. Oh yeah. Um, but when you're broke all the time, mm-hmm. like it, it's 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 just like it's just like it's like you're running with ankle weights on. Oh yeah. Like that's that's pretty much what it's mm-hmm. like. It's like yeah, I'm having a great time here at the gym, but like. God, these ankle weights suck. Like, yeah. you know, why can't I just like get on the treadmill and run? Like, mm. I can't do it because I got these ankle weights on. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but that's what I'm going with. Mm. And uh, so, yes, I mean, I, I still have you know a lot of friends up there. I still go up there to visit a fair amount, mm-hmm. but uh, and I actually uh, almost moved back there uh, right before I moved here. I got offered a job. Mm-hmm. And it was a great company, and I felt so bad because my friend had like stuck her neck out for me. Oh and yeah, like it got me you know, the interview, and you know, she was so nice about everything, and you know, the job was mine. And you know, I looked into it, and I was like, God, you know, I, the money's not quite what I wanted to be, and mm-hmm. but maybe you know, I'll, I'll just struggle for a little while, you know, like whatever. But then I was like, No, I'm gonna have to like shut down music probably forever if yeah. I do this. Uh, just because I knew how much of a time commitment it was going to be. I was like, I don't think I'm quite ready to do that yet. So let me roll the dice like one more time. And it was funny because mm-hmm. uh, I had never been. Well, technically, I had been to Nashville before. Mm-hmm. I had been here for a wedding for 36 hours one yeah. time uh, in twenty summer 2014. Yeah. Uh, but really, like. I'd never been to Nashville before. I didn't know anything about it, like mm-hmm. nothing. I, but my brother, you know, who's the drummer in this band, uh, he, you know, he'd been talking to me about moving to Nashville for like years. Like he'd been mm-hmm. like, no, I think, I think, you know, I think this would be good. I think this would be good. And I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't see what the benefit is. And this next question still, pretend, still applies. But I was just like, <laughs> name one rock band that's made it out of Nashville. Like, mm-hmm. and I was just like, you can't do it. I can't do it. So I'm like, so why would we do mm-hmm. that? Uh, but he was just, you know, he was still very adamant about it. And the guy who's now our guitar player and actually my roommate as well, uh, he went to high school with us and we'd always, when we were being, you know, told mm. by, you know, these managers and, you know, lawyers and everybody that, you know, we're about to be huge. <laughs> uh, the guitar player we had at the time was always like going to be our guy like in town, but he could, ne- he was never going to be like our guy, like for touring and like going, mm-hmm. you know, to the next level. And so we kind of always had his name is Hatton, our guitar player. Now we'd always kind of had Hatton, like, you know, kind of waiting in the wings, like, Hey, this is about to happen. Like, could you do it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and so while I'm mulling over taking this New York job and like quitting music mm-hmm. forever, uh, apparently Hatton and my brother were talking and Hatton called my brother and was like, Hey, uh, I just got out of grad school. I think I'm going to move to Nashville. Uh, you you want to come? And Jack was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm moving with my girlfriend, but you should call Jim and try and get him to move with you. (laughs) So Hatton calls me and we talk on the phone for like an hour and it was really trippy because like, again, like, like I said, I knew nothing about Nashville, never had any inclination to move here. Like never Mm -hmm. thought about it for even a second, but right around the time that Hatton gave me this phone call, like I kept seeing Nashville pop up everywhere. Like, things I was reading, things I was watching, like podcasts I was listening to. Nashville just suddenly was popping up everywhere. 
at the time I thought it was like this is like cosmic intervention like <laughs> I, but at the time I didn't know that Nashville was like one of the fastest growing cities in the country yeah. and like 100 people a day move here like I didn't know that at the time so Haddon calls me and he's like hey like I'm gonna move to Nashville like let's do this and I was just like you know what fuck it yeah like, let's go and so we moved here I didn't have a job we moved here sight unseen on our apartment like <laughs> it, it, it was a gamble but you know we're, we're making it work and uh, we're having a good time yeah I feel I feel like no one ever like it's never just like a like I'm gonna think about this for a couple months. I feel like I was always like I'm moving to Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> you you never like think about it. You're just I'm doing it. Yeah, it's, it seems like it. I mean, it's you know it's the new uh, it's the new Austin, the new Atlanta, the new Denver, the new Portland. Yeah. You know, it's uh mm-hmm. it's in fuego. It's like everything combined, and so and a lot of people. I'm glad I love talking to people who don't do country music here. Yeah, on the yeah. show because like people don't realize, and I like I'm a dead beat a dead horse with this. It's 50 percent of the music scene, but the entire country music scene's here. Yes, that's, that's what great. makes it so big. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember I I moved here. And, you know, like I kind of had like a plan that quickly fell apart, <laughs> which was I was like, all right, I'm going to move here and we're going to do the band and we're going to make the band as big as it can be. And on the side, you know, mm-hmm. I'll get into co-writing and, you know, mm-hmm. session playing and you know, I'll try and get into like writing for like country and pop and I'll go to writers yeah. rounds all the time yeah. and do that. And after like a month, I was like, this ain't going to work. Like, mm-hmm. I can't get into this like at all. I was just getting, I was getting so, it, it, it just wasn't for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, it, it worked, it works for a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, I remember I went to a round one time and, you know, there's these guys who are clearly trying to be Florida Georgia line and they rhymed, you know, Senorita with Margarita. And I was like, <laughs> fuck you. All right. Th- this isn't for me. This is not me. This is not what I do. Like, I absolutely not. And then plus, I mean, just fucking like. Every round I go to, I remember, one I even counted, which was just sad. I went to a round, there were, I think, four writers, and it was a really long one, too. Like, each writer was playing, like, five songs or something. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, a, I, like, peripherally knew one person in there, and so I was there. And I counted, it was, like, four writers playing five songs each. Mm-hmm. I counted, like, every other song had a whiskey reference in it i was just like guys like come on like we can do better like we we don't have to make a whiskey reference in every song that comes but that's that was just what was happening every time i'd go to one of these things and i was just like you know what i'm just gonna focus on me and i'm gonna focus on making our band as as good as it can be and you know I, i will leave this to people who can do it better and people mm-hmm. who can really sink their teeth in this with this the lifestyle. whiskey reference if you say i feel like the way to get away with it mm-hmm. is if you say i'm drinking whiskey neat so like that's <laughs> I, I, I put I, that I in put, a song and so i'm like i'm like i'm gonna justify yeah. <laughs> so now i'm gonna justify it also i i hope i didn't just offend there's like oh no so like my first open mic night i went to in nashville that i played at and i don't i don't just like go to yeah. it for fun yeah, yeah that yeah. seems just weird if you're not playing at it mm-hmm. um this girl, it's like this small girl, I think Mike Brown, a couple years younger than me, and she she's obviously like moved here because of her looks. I want to say that. Uh huh. So she's saying she's saying this two I've songs. Seen, seen a couple of those. Yeah, she sounded like the old Taylor Swift, which is like it's just what like who half, is legitimately a sixteen year old girl, which is just a, yeah, yeah, it's just a sixteen year old girl singing, singing about you. horses and her guitar yeah. and yeah, I mean, but uh, she's saying she's saying one song, uh, it's called about her beer koozie. I'm like, this song is shitty. And then her second song was about how she had a boyfriend. I was like, 
but like people eat that shit up, man. Like you know, it was it was like there's like this kind of thing where you kind of make like kind of dorky songs, which yeah, is kind yeah, of yeah. but like Taylor Swift does it really well. Yeah, but I mean that's why she's Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean like there's some things Taylor does that she pulls off really well. Like we are never ever getting back together. Yeah, like that song is good. And like. But you put that in the hands of anybody else and you hear someone saying, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. You're like, shut up. She does like, it's lame. She does like one or those kind of type of songs an album one, maybe two, if it's a longer album. Mm -hmm. But this girl, like if that's all your types of songs, it's like these goofy songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to get grading after a while. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know. I I think songwriting should be like, if you're going to do something fun, it's like a party song, make it a party song. Yeah. But don't try to act like it's a serious song. Yeah, if for it sure. is like I don't know, but yeah, writers' rounds can be so like you can meet some great people, and then yeah, you, can, you meet- can. I mean, I mean, look, I've never met I've never met a jerk or a dick mm-hmm. or somebody who's like so full of them. Like I've never met a mean person here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like everyone I've met has been super nice uh, and just like a really good person. But I'll just be like. I can't fucking stand your music, but like I, yeah. I, I like you. Like, yeah, you know? I like you a lot. I'm probably not gonna listen to your music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, and you know, I've met some people like, oh, we should write together. And I'm just thinking like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bitter old, <laughs> old jaded guy. But like, I'm just like, I, wh- 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 where's that gonna go? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I always write because my philosophy yeah. with writing, it's like, okay, I'm gonna write with you. It's gonna be your song, mm-hmm. and I want it to be meaningful to you. I just want to help you facilitate it. Yeah, like, I don't want to. I mean, I, and I've done that with other people before, mm-hmm. like before I even moved here. Like I, I wrote, I wrote a couple country songs for this girl in Ohio, mm-hmm. and it was a really interesting experiment because she, uh, this this uh, producer in Richmond, his name is Pedro Ada. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing guy. Got to get the plug in. And uh, he was at a wedding, and this like fifteen year old girl got up and sang a song. Uh, it was some cover song, and he's like, "Hey, like you know, I, I run this studio. Like if you ever have any songs, mm-hmm. like you know, I'd love to." have you like record them? And she's like, well, I don't really write, I, I write lyrics. I don't really write songs. And so he texts me and he's like, ever written a country song before? And I was <laughs> like, no. He's like, you want to? I was like, mm-hmm. sure. Okay. So I wrote this girl a couple songs and then one of them got on MTV. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. good. Uh, there was this, horrible reality show called uh, that, that no that no one will remember. It's called big tips, Texas. And it was only on for one year back in like 20, 20- 14 i want to say it was mm-hmm. basically like you know jersey shore was like it like just ended and clearly mtv was like all right what if we took jersey shore and put it at a bar in alabama and we call <laughs> it big tips texas and this song got on it it was like it, it was on it for like two minutes straight like i mean it was like it was really cool that like i got i got it on there you got that revenue money you get that i mean i it's reality it's reality tv so for those who don't know uh licensing in tv and film can be very lucrative except if it's reality tv uh mm-hmm. which you know i love the exposure and i'm very grateful mm-hmm. that I've, I've gotten that I, I get to put that you know on my cv like hey i've gotten on mtv a couple times mm-hmm. uh but i mean you, know, you get like a couple hundred bucks like like, yeah. like most time most of the time when you do when you do uh sync licensing you get a, a sync fee like up front yeah. you, know, you get like i mean i mean the sync fees depending on what it is i mean they could be like a lot of money like like mm-hmm. tens of thousands of dollars like depending on what it is for reality programming it's all gratis yeah uh, and so you only make you know ascap royalties however what's really funny is every now and then that one episode will air in like <laughs> argentina so like my ascap international royalty statement came out like a month ago and it was like 
it had aired in like the UK, Belgium, Argentina, and like it was one other random country. And for some reason, there was one single airing in like all of those places. And some episode mm-hmm. that aired, you know, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Like, uh, you know, our old band, you know, we've gotten on, we got on the real world a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, uh, there's this tattoo show called Best Ink that Pete Wentz used to host. Oh, I think yeah. I remember that. Yeah, we we Why got on there that? too. And so yeah, so I mean, so every now and then I'll like oh, I'll like get a notification that like I've got something from ASCAP. It's you know it's for like seventy eight cents, you mm-hmm. know, because one time uh, this episode aired. But sorry, a very long tangent. Oh, that's off all of good. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I I wrote a couple songs for her. I ended up writing like four more songs for her that we never got around to recording, and then. I wrote a couple R&B songs for a guy too, mm-hmm. which was from, from the same producer in Richmond. He had a guy come in because he wanted to mix an R&B song, and and he, he asked Pedro asked him the same thing. He was like, "You got any more songs?" He's like, "Ah, you know, you know, I, I got all these beats that you know I make and you know I sing and everything, but like I don't write." And so <laughs> he texts me, "Ever written an R&B song?" It's <laughs> <laughs> so like I'd love to try, and mm-hmm. I did, and it was really cool. Uh, one got pitched to be on Empire. It didn't make it. Ooh, I was that would have been that would have been so awesome. Now, <laughs> like, that would have been good royalty money. Yes, no. That, the, like, I mean, that's that's network television prime mm-hmm. time. Like I, I would have made a nice some thing. random reality show that's like yeah. no one's ever gonna watch. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, that would have been cool. So yeah, so so in talking about like you know what we're talking about with songwriting, like I, I kind of like that style mm-hmm. of you know, you know like. In, with you know this girl Riley Rowe, you know she gave me words and I made a song out of that. And then with Abstract, you know he gave me music and then I, you know wrote wrote lyrics mm-hmm. and melodies to that. So like I kind of like that style of working, but yeah, I'm just so stubborn in like writing. Like you know, put me in a you put me in a room with somebody. I, I, I that's I'm just not that mm-hmm. guy. I, I'm I'm trying though. You know we're we're working on a new album right now and that's kind of been. Our, uh, you know, it, it'll kind of, it's kind of been starting with, you know, skeletons of songs, and then instead of, hey guys, let's learn this, it's been, hey guys, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And so, it's actually been very nice mm-hmm. uh, doing doing things that way. But the other thing is, you know, for for me with co-writing is, I get so attached to stuff that I'm yeah. like, well, I don't want to give this to somebody else. I want it. Like, you know, so maybe that makes me selfish. I don't my, know. But what I always have to do is just like, okay, this is not my song. And so that's when my song I always go into co-writes yeah. with. Like, because my own stuff, I just I, I like the whole point of it. I feel like to me is like it's just me. But then mm-hmm. when I do co-writes, I'm like, this is your song. Like this yeah. is all yours. I don't want it. Yeah. So and there's been there's been those days where it's just like oh, I kind of like that song. I know, right? <laughs> but like I'm just like, no, it's not yours. It's I like to have someone else have it. Yeah, I remember you know, the last time I did a right here was actually with two friends of mine mm-hmm. uh, from back home that that also live here. And then me and one of the guys who you know we used to play in bands together, you know, we just ran into the classic problem that we always used to have, which was that I wanted everything to be really big and he wanted everything to be really small, and we mm-hmm. were never going to agree on oh on, yeah on a middle ground. So I'm like, I feel like this scenario could happen a lot if I you know try and do this, and so I'm just like, ah, you know, I don't need to do this. I just want to focus on our band. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, totally. I totally feel that. But but again, I mean, this whole town is built on co-writes, so like it works for mm-hmm. a lot of people. It's mm-hmm. just you know, I just realized you know it's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like have to rely on a co-write to mm-hmm. make a song. That's where I always like. Well, that's me, but like, yeah. so I've written with some people who are like aren't like guitar musically. Yeah. Which how I imagine Taylor Swift writes is yeah. that she writes all the lyrics and stuff. And then she has like her producers help her with the music. And so like, she's very like the one in charge of like the lyrics. Right, right. That's how I imagine it. I, I'm not 
for sure because that's like because I always like Google this stuff all the time and like mm-hmm. watch YouTube videos, but because uh, like you don't want to give out all your secrets. But yeah. that's how I imagine Taylor Swift because she seems so uh, like on point with all her writing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the other thing. You know, for me, your know, lyrics are so important, and you know, mm-hmm. I. I I grew up and still, you know, idolize these guys that were just like pure like lyricists. And, you know, since mm-hmm. I'm the one singing, mm-hmm. you know, I always, you know, I feel bad. And, you know, you know, there's sometimes, you know, some of the guys, you know, will you know be like, hey, you know, I got some ideas for lyrics. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be a jerk. It was just like, I feel weird singing lyrics I didn't write. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, I'm so, I'm so lyric focused and I just, you know, I just dig down and, you know, just like beat beat them out of myself and you know, mm-hmm. just like to do that in front of somebody and yeah. to like you know hey well, you know what you know what, what's next you know what's next in the story and what needs to rhyme <laughs> with this and i'm just like that that's not that's not going to get me the pure uh it's not going to get me the purest expression of you know the yeah. of, of what i'm trying to say uh so again you know it works for everybody i mean even, even john mayer one time recently was just like yeah, people have asked me to like co-write with them, and I'm just like, I, I, I just can't do it. Like, yeah, that's why like me like for I couldn't do it with like my own music. Mm-hmm. I can do it with someone else's. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah. I like I like I like writing music, but like I can't do it. Like I'll have other people involved in my own stuff. Well, let me ask you something. Okay. So, because this is the other thing. Like, I mean, I'm I, I could be totally. I'm, I'm happy to admit that if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but like. The way I see it, you know, some people are like, especially with so many people that, you know, do co-writes just like all the time here. People are like, oh, yeah. you got to write a song like every day. Like, you know, just got to write a song every day. I feel like that would dilute content yeah. and creativity. Do you f- – or – but then the converse of that is people are like, no, it actually like strengthens your craft and it actually makes mm-hmm. you – like it makes you think more and it makes you, you know, write it, writing all the time makes you, you know – able to mm-hmm. you know just you know come up with all this stuff uh because th- so that's kind of the converse of it but you know, yeah f- for me i i always felt that it would dilute things how do you feel about that? i i go for this thing it's if like depending on where you are at as a mm-hmm. as a writer well i think about it as i'm thinking about like playing guitar so when i was younger like in like 13 or whatever yeah. i practice a lot more yeah. however it wasn't as efficient yeah so now i don't practice as much but yeah. when i do practice it's super efficient like yeah. it's good practice mm-hmm. so i feel like it's the same way with songwriting mm-hmm. where it's like when you're first starting out, write every day like that. But now I'm at a point where I'm not like a Grammy award winning songwriter, yeah. but I've written so many songs. At some point, it's like I'm gonna if I'm gonna sit down and write a song, I want it to be a good song. I mean, they don't that, always come out that way, but that's kind of how I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm 29. I've been writing songs since I was 14. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm totally in with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's just I think it's just a older thing. I just think it's because songwriting is like playing an instrument to yeah. me, and like it's like producing like. When you're start out, you mix every day and then mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, yeah, it just makes more sense because like I'd rather have, I'd rather do less, but have it be a lot better than do yeah. more and have it not that good. Yeah. But when you're starting out, like you don't really have a choice. Yeah, like, you just You have you just have to write as much as you can. You should, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean that's what always so fascinating about you know when you're younger and I feel like that's the thing that everyone's always trying to recapture, which mm-hmm. is that when you're younger, like you don't know the rules yet. Like yeah. you don't know the structures, like you don't know the tricks, mm-hmm. like so you can, you're able to like write songs that are just like weird, but like they're so good because like you don't know that like oh that's not usually how that goes, mm-hmm. like that's not usually you know where you'd put that chorus or yeah. your bridge or that riff or whatever, mm-hmm. like 
And I feel like it's like impossible to recapture that once you've like written enough songs to like know what works and like mm-hmm. know like what structure is. Mm-hmm. I know I know I've realized in the past like I do like there's like there's a certain feeling to a type of line you write mm-hmm. and it's just like I know that doesn't work mm-hmm. and then like you said I'm like I'm not gonna put that in your race I put something new and then yeah. it turns out to be a lot better. So I know I mean like practice is a key with songwriting. Like, yeah, of course. It's like I mean, with keep, anything, you're not gonna like write a do like song of the year first first song you ever write yeah but um, i mean like it takes practice and then you have to realize what works what doesn't work you have to let people listen to your songs even though you don't sometimes you don't want to yeah so oh, yeah but um yeah that's that so let's talk about the ivans for a yes. second so you're the vocalist guitarist mm-hmm. you play the white strat i do yes i, I saw that it looked really nice it is a little bit. <laughs> sorry i'm like i've been wanting to do a strat build so yeah because I learned with strats, it's like, because they're so customizable, mm-hmm. and it's hard to just find one that has everything you want with it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the one the one shortcoming with it. You know, I, I play an American Strat mm-hmm. uh, through an AC30, and, you know, just because I, twofold, you know, one, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins yeah. is, like, my idol. And two, just, uh, you know, Oasis is my favorite band, and so all, all mm-hmm. the kind of British rock sounds you know i grew up you know when i was kind of learning seriously how to play you know it was all it was oasis it was you know and it was you know learning every song on okay computer and Mm -hmm. then it was then it was arctic monkeys and stereophonics were were huge for me Mm -hmm. and so it's trying to emulate you know that kind of like british rock sound but yeah sometimes you just you just need a les paul you you know what i mean like like you can get like almost there Mm -hmm. like but sometimes I'm just like, especially in the studio, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not gonna record like any distorted stuff with the strat. Like I'm gonna use, you know, yeah, there's like a sound I'm you want use, with the strat though. I'm gonna use a 335 or a or a Les Paul or a PRS mm. or something like that to like really get the beefy girth sounds, you mm. know, for the for the big stuff. But live, the strat works to straddle both. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's a very versatile guitar. But just you know, in the studio, I, I use it primarily just for clean stuff. Yeah. Except Les Paul, I'm always so scared with like, because Gibson's quality is just like dropped dramatically. Like yeah. they weren't even at Nam this year, mm-hmm. so like I don't know if they're gonna be at Summer Nam because that's the one I care about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that one's here, and so I don't have to like get a hotel or anything. Yeah. Exactly. But um, but yeah, they weren't even, and they created this ugly flying V. Really? Yeah. They, this, oh God, it's the flying V is is interesting. The flying V, I feel like, is like the flying V, the Explorer, and the SG are ones that I'm like. I feel like nobody looks good playing those, like especially the SG. But like, I feel like the Flying V, like you've got to be a special type of person to actually look okay holding one of those. Like, yeah, let me find it. Pulling up the computer now. Oh yeah. So, getting close. Um. So yeah, that's um, what it looks like. That's a weird looking. You guitar. know, it's ugly. I mean, I guess you know, kudos for trying to for you know not resting on their laurels and you know just making the same shit over and over again. But that's a weird looking guitar. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's like three thousand dollars. Like of I'm course. not. Gonna, I mean, it's Gibson. I'm not gonna you pay. Know, there, there's no so, Gibson and cheap or affordable have never been in the same sentence before. Mm. Um, have you seen John Mayer's new PRS? I have seen that. I'm very interested. I'm like, uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's interesting to me because like I feel like has Fender not like trademarked that 
the look of the strat. I guess like, not. Cause, well, mm. you see so many fake strats out there. That's true. That's but, true. But I'm. I don't think I like the way it looks. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to play one. I definitely want to try one because I just like want to know what it feels like. Yeah, I know PRS is, like makes really solid just guitars. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't like the way it looks. I think just the headstock. Mm-hmm. I think with Fender, like the whole like going down headstock. Yeah, that's what makes it work. I think. I think we're also just not used to seeing you know a headstock that has knobs on both sides. Yeah. you know, on top of a Strat. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think it's definitely a shock to the system. Yeah, I don't know, but um. Is is it like John Mayer's signature or is it like uh-huh. his? Okay, I heard something that John Mayer inspired. No, I think it's his signature. Okay, I don't know why he would go away from Fender, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I remember I saw him when he was touring Battlestar. I've seen him four times. He's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I think he's the best songwriter of this generation oh, yeah. easily. Uh, I saw him when he was touring Battle Studies, and I remember for one song, it was Assassin. He play, pulled out a PRS, and I was so taken aback mm-hmm. that John Mayer was playing a PRS guitar. Yeah, and then I, and then you know recently with like Dead and Company, I've been seeing mm-hmm. him play yeah. it a lot. And I I, I want to say when he came here last summer, he played it on at least one song. Uh, but it's it's been interesting. But yeah, I'm like you. I'm like I don't know why he would, since that Fender, you know, neck pickup, you know, bluesy sound is yeah. like that's John Mayer. Yeah, like you know. So I'm like I don't, I don't yeah, no. So we'll see. I'd just like to play one before I yeah make any like final decisions on what I like about it. Yeah, but uh, but it's still better than the Flying V. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, it gives him gives him Flying V. Can't do it. But uh, I'm hoping hoping Gibson figures it out. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. For, but uh yeah so the ivans so mm-hmm. you guys started like two years ago so that's so there's an interesting answer to that question so you know my brother jack and i uh we've been playing together now for 10 years okay um and when we started uh, uh I, I tend to ramble as oh, you might have good. noticed i think i'm gonna ramble a bit here but uh so i was you know my my high school band was you know you know, we gotten into college and we could tell that like, you know, we're circling the drain a bit mm-hmm. and I made a, you know, a solo album <laughs> and, uh, which I never intended to actually do anything with. I was just yeah. like, I, I'd written some songs, you know, I was, you know, had my first serious girlfriend. I just wanted to write a bunch of, you know, love songs mm-hmm. on the acoustic guitar and then make electric versions of them. And then, you know, just put it out, but never really do anything with it. So once that band, once my high school band, I realized, Oh, well, we're probably not going to be a band much longer. We were supposed to play a show. And we had to drop out. And so uh, one of my friends who was a guitar player was like, well, why don't why don't we like play this songs from your solo album? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And so I grabbed, you know, one guy, I grabbed two guys from the high school band. And then, you know, my brother, mm-hmm. who is, I just knew, I've known since, you know, I was 14, is this like unbelievable drummer, like one of the mm-hmm. best drummers I've ever seen in my life. I was like, well, why don't Jack like come in here? Because we're brothers and we've never played music together, like ever. Uh, so why don't I get him in here? And so the, for this show, uh, I was like, oh, shit. Like, well, we don't have a name. Uh, well, the album's just under Jim Ivins, so I guess we'll just be that. And our guitar player was like, I'm not playing a show as Jim Ivins. We'll be <laughs> we'll be the Jim Ivins band. And I was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was all that went into it. Like, mm-hmm. I never – and I never thought about it again. Yeah. So then we start playing shows – and then you know, we start, and this is back in the MySpace days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is 2008, 2009. You know, we start playing shows. We start opening up for like huge bands, and we start getting some nice. We work with Ace Enders from the early November, and we start like getting some a, a little bit of buzz on MySpace. We get on some big bands, top eights, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. You remember <laughs> that from back in the day? Oh god! So after a while, you know, my brother Jack is like, 
why the fuck are we called the Jim Ivans band? And I'm like, from that from that <laughs> one day, I'm like, that's why. Like, I I, I never thought about it. You know, I, I'm not trying to you know be the you know the egomaniac, but it was just like, we, we never talked about it. And so it was kind of always like, we're going to change the name at some point. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, when we were the Jim Ivins band, you know, we put out, I guess, totally like three counting the solo album, like four records. And it was very kind of like acoustic driven pop rock, kind of like mm-hmm. Goo Goo Dolls, Matt Nathanson, Third Eye Blind, Gin Blossoms, like that yeah. kind of stuff. It was very easy to categorize. I mean, it was great music, but you know, it was like every piece of press we ever got, so it's just like the Goo Goo Dolls, Matt Nathan's <laughs> and Third Eye Blind, Jim Blossoms. And so after, like, when at first I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. Like, you know, we're getting compared to that. Oh, yeah. And then after, like, the 30th person, like, says that, I'm just like, we might need to switch something up here. Because, like, mm-hmm. this is, it's too easy to pigeonhole us. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, we, you know, Jack and I, you know, we grew up in a very rock background. Um, our cousin is in a band called Firehouse and okay. uh, Firehouse was like the lat, you know, those hair bands. Like mm-hmm. I, I hate that term, uh, but you know, bands like Motley Crue and Poison, Warrant, you know, that stuff. Firehouse was like the last, like really big one before mm-hmm. like Seattle came in and just like wiped out like all the eighties guys. Uh, but th- I mean, they're, they're, that being said, they're still like really big, like in like certain parts of the world. And they've, they've still got enough hit songs that they've been able to sustain for 30 years. Yeah. But, you know, side note. Uh, so, you know, we grew up with, you know, that in our house and, you know, the first record I ever records I remember listening to in my dad's car were the black album, my Metallica mm-hmm. and, uh, foreign lawful carnal knowledge, Van Halen. Uh, you know, my dad is a guitar player as well. Okay. So we always just had this very like serious, like rock background. We always wanted to do that. And so when I moved to New York, uh, Jack did not move with me to New York. Mm, Uh, he still lived in DC, but he was like, I'm still the drummer. So, uh, so we made that work for, for two years. And, uh, so we just kind of decided that we were going to go in kind of a more rock direction. Mm -hmm. And so we changed our name. This is 2014, 20. 2013, late 2013, uh, we changed our name to Tomorrow's, which everyone hated. <laughs> everyone was like, Jim, that's the worst band Scarecrow ever. Boat and... What's that? <laughs> Scarecrow Boat. Scarecrow Boat. Uh, Scarecrow and then Mouse Boat. Rat and then... Mouse Rat, yeah. Scarecrow yeah, Boat. Yeah, exactly. And- uh, yeah, so we changed our name to Tomorrow's, and then I told you that we met that guy who became our manager in 2014, mm-hmm. and he was like, all right, it was so funny. You know, we had, like, you know the steakhouse dinner that, you know, every, every like big band story <laughs> mm-hmm. always begins. Like they meet an A&R guy at like a big fancy steakhouse. Yeah. Like we had the steakhouse dinner and we didn't really know what to expect out of this meeting. But, you know, we met with this guy and he comes in and the first words out of his mouth are, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to manage you. Uh, we got to do this, 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 and this. Uh, first up, I hate your fucking name. You have to change it right now. <laughs> and we're like, we had just Perfect. gone through this seven months prior. We just gone through this painstaking process of changing our name because nothing sounds cool. Everything's mm-hmm. been taken. Like, and we like trying to find a trademark and all this stuff. So finally, we became the Ivans because you know that's our last name, and but it's also like it could be a noun. Like you know, mm-hmm. you never know. Uh, and so that was 2014. We became the Ivans. Yeah. And so we've been playing like as the Ivans since 2014, but uh, through a music industry fuckery you know <laughs> w- which held up our record for three years uh which mm-hmm. our record the coduello which finally came out last april mm-hmm. uh you know we we were only able to put out like a handful of songs before the album came out just through because of all that stuff and then when all the, the dust finally cleared we moved to nashville and mm-hmm. then finished the album and then put it out so we have so 
longest answer ever. We have been playing as the Ivans for about four years now, but like we've only had a record out for one year. Okay. Uh, and so we, and we started playing shows in Nashville in February of last year. Okay. And our first big sh- and our first like real show was actually with Ravener, who you, Ravener, had, on, who okay. you had on last week. Those guys are dope. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, they're really great. Really, really so, great. One of the, one of the coolest groups I've met, yeah. but, um, Let's see here. Um, but how? what is it like playing with your brother? I've always wanted to know that <laughs> about sibling bands because, like, if I had to play in a band with my brother, like, I would not – would, we would be a solo act. There's – you know, it's 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 great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot – I think Jack and I are, like, we're, like, too close. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, like, there's no one who can make me go zero to 60 in one second like Jack. Mm-hmm. And likewise, you know, we'll, like, yell at each other for, like, a second. Yeah. But then we'll be like – all right, so are we going to the bar tonight? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or afterwards. Um, so yeah, it's good. Um, you know, we have a really good writing partnership that you know we've kind of mm-hmm. it kind of evolved over time, and as we kind of wrote the album, you know, we kind of fine tuned that. You know, uh, I can say that most of you know, most of the time, our dynamic kind of works as a writer producer mm-hmm. type relationship, and I don't think Jack would. Uh, dis- would disagree with that. You know, a lot of times I'll present Jack with something mm-hmm. and his, you know, he acts very much like a producer and he's got a great ear for, um, this needs, uh, this needs a different bridge. Uh, let's put this riff here. Uh, shorten that chorus. Uh, you know, we need to yeah. do this. We need to do that. Uh, the other thing working with your brother, you know, it's also very blunt. Uh, you know, Jack mm-hmm. will be like, yeah, I think that song sucks. <laughs> and yeah. likewise, Jack will be like, hey, I think we should do that. I'm like, no, that sounds terrible. So <laughs> like, you know, we it's it is honestly it it is this push and pull dynamic yeah. that we have that I think makes our songs really cool and that makes our sound um you know to Kanye myself a bit. Uh I think that makes us very difficult mm-hmm. to pigeonhole. And I don't think that there is one band that you can say that we sound like. And I think it is because I want to take things all the way over here and Jack wants to take things all the way over that way. And so mm-hmm. we play this tug of war and eventually land somewhere in the middle and that's that's where you get the Ivans. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I have this what was it um I'm very weird where I don't give out compliments unless mm-hmm. I like actually mean it. <laughs> well, that's I, nice. Well, I'm I'm one of those like I'm not gonna just like say, oh, you did a really good job. I'm like no. unless I actually really thought you. Well, I mean, I would think you wouldn't invite someone over to your apartment to talk to them if, yeah. if you thought they sucked. Like, yeah. So so I, I at least had that going for me. So, I, mean, yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'm, I guess he doesn't think we suck. So that's I'm, cool. Because I, I was like, if someone's gonna tell me, oh, good good set tonight, I'm like, I really want them to mean I did a good set. Like I don't want them just yeah. to say that to be polite. I really want them to mean it. Yeah. So I try to treat other people the way. So I had I've had cut friends in the past who just like, man, you never give me any compliments. I'm like, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. Here's I list off the last compliments I've given him, <laughs> yeah, just because exactly. I I know it's just it's just a me thing. It's just like because I just how I want other people to treat me is like, yeah, I told you you did really good at a laser tag the other day. I said you did really good at this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so I'm like, I don't know, but yeah, I get that with your siblings. I guess it makes more sense than what I do and just don't tell people like good things unless yeah. they do a good thing. I mean, I mean, the other thing that's, you know, interesting about working with my brother that's good is that, you know, Jack is this incredible drummer and then, you know, I'm a, a mediocre best guitar player and, uh, you know, I, I play guitar, Jack plays drums. Well, then starting in high school, I learned how to play drums and Jack learned how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. So we know how to speak to each other. So yeah. you know, I feel like a lot of times in bands, people will 
disagree because they feel like the other person can't understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jack and I both understand where we're coming from completely. And Jack can easily write a guitar part and I can easily write a drum part yeah. that is valid for what we're doing. And it's not like, Oh, like, fuck you. You don't know. You don't know what I do. Like, you don't know what this <laughs> is. Yeah. Like, you know, like we, we understand each other very well. Mm-hmm. Was it, but I'm sorry. I cut off your, I cut oh, off your. And a good quote oh, and to quote the Beatles. It mm-hmm. was, uh, they were asked the question, is Ringo the best drummer in the world? And then John Lennon replies with, he's not even the best drummer in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard that before. That's the best. I think Paul, Paul's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, drummer yeah but uh that's right but yeah we're running out of time but i always like to ask one other question before i have every oh you're not leave. gonna compliment me um no you didn't earn it the but, moment is passed no it's all right so yeah. I, I always like to ask a really good drinking story yes so i would love to hear you tell one um this is you know gut first thing that comes to mind uh we were playing a gig we we're still living in new york mm. uh we played the show uh, the band that played after us were very nice. <laughs> um, so we were walking back into this bar where we just played. And this is like this, you know, small little rock club in Chinatown. And I walk in and this guy with a fedora uh, walks out of the bar and I just blurt out Chris Rowe, like lead singer of the Ataris. And because I'm like out of it at that point, because yeah. like I have no filter, and I see someone I admire, and I'm just like, Chris Rowe, it's you. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> hey man, what's up? And I was like, Oh, are you like, are you leaving? And he's like, No, no. I'm like, You want to come drink with us? And it's like me and my brother, and he's like, Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So Chris Rowe came and drank with us for like two hours. Like it That's wasn't awesome. like, Oh, I'm gonna like appease this like drunk asshole. Like. He came and like hung out with us mm-hmm. for like two hours. It was funny. I was like, there was a girl I was kind of hanging out with at the time, and she came to the show, you know, you know, to see me mm-hmm. and to like talk to me. And at one point, like I'm like talking to Chris Rowe, and I'm just like salivating because I'm just like I can't believe I'm drinking with Chris Rowe right now. Like this mm-hmm. is so cool. And apparently, she's like talking to Jack at one point. She's like. I can't compete with that, can I? And Jack's like, absolutely not. Sorry. <laughs> not going to happen. That's perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. Well, that was a good story. Better than some others I've heard. Oh, thank you. Most of them are wholesome and dumb. Well, that's stupid. You asked for a drinking story. I know. I was like, yeah. why would you tell me some like dumb wholesome yeah. story? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. You know, Next time we come on, you know, Jack will come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jack plays in another band called Burn the Ballroom. They're okay. a phenomenal band out of D.C., and uh, long story short, they've uh, they've toured in Russia before and are actually like very famous in Russia. Really, in this, okay. l- in this small little pocket of Ru- now Russia is is enormous, but like they are like famous in this like small little pocket mm-hmm. of Russia, and they've like gone back there and they're like they're like gods over there. Like Jack like Beatles, like- Jack went over there last spring, and somebody in Russian, they had some argument and were pointing at him. And he'll he'll kill me for butchering this story. Uh, and they're like pointing at him, and his interpreter's really like laughing. And Jack doesn't know what's going on. And they walk away. And Jack's like, "What what what just happened?" And the guy's like, "The girl walks up and is like, oh my god, you're Jack Ivans from Burn the Ballroom.'" And the guy was like, "No, that's a Jack Ivans imposter. Jack Ivans from Burn the Ballroom would never be in this bar right now here in Vladivostok, <laughs> Russia." That is so perfect. So next time we're here, Jack will regale you with yeah. ru- with Russian drinking stories that are way better than mm-hmm. what I can but do. But I love I love the idea of like people think you're like the fake version. Yeah, which yeah. like I feel like if you see Adam Sandler in public, you're not going to think he's Adam Sandler. Exactly. So that's like the perfect like 
imposter. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm just a lookalike. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank uh, you for having me. We talked a lot. And yeah, next time we can get the full band or yeah, more. We absolutely. Can, we can yeah. add more on to it whenever yeah. you guys are releasing bring, new bring music. Bring all the guys in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot well, of fun. Well, hopefully uh, next time we come in, we'll have a new record. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where can we all find your new stuff? So so right now, you know, the Code Duello is the name of the album that yeah. we have out right now. Uh, so that's, you know, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Pornhub? It, Pornhub. Yeah, you know, we're, uh, <laughs> we're background in some serious Bank Bros compilations. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that's everywhere. And mm-hmm. mind you, we are the Ivans, I V I N S. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find that everywhere at the Ivans.com. And we're at the Ivans at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, we, uh, we play around here a bit. I don't know wh- wh- how, how, how quick do these episodes go up? Uh, this one's two weeks from tomorrow. Okay. Uh, we'll have already played at cafe Coco, but, okay. uh, we're uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to hunker down, making a new, we're making a new album right now, mm-hmm. uh, at Leeds recording in Brentwood. Got a shout out, uh, nice. Adam Leeds, uh, amazing, amazing recording studio at Leeds recording on mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, we're making a new album there. It's going to fucking blow the walls off. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, what I, what I think we're going to do. And this one's like a band album. Yeah. You know, the four of us are really like digging in together and I think that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so sorry, long tangent. Uh, <laughs> we're making a new album. We're playing lots of shows. The Ivans.com. Boom. There it is. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Go check out more, uh, stuff on this at shwaymedia.com. And like always stay awesome. Casting.